The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So let's be honest here. Do we have some sort of spiritual caste system when it comes to who's the most important or who's the most super spiritual? Is it the people who can preach the best or teach the best? Those who build the biggest churches? Those who sacrifice the most? What makes people successful when it comes to their spirituality? Can we even assess stuff like that? On today's show, we're going to talk about your immense value in the eyes of God and how it's really hard to measure that value when we look at ourselves in the mirror. For listening to the show. So glad you could be with us today, whether you're listening on Friday or the repeat on Sunday, or maybe even on podcast. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org. You can subscribe to iTunes or SoundCloud. However you're listening, thank you. That means a lot. I am Dr. Doug Bursch. I pastor Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and this is the Fairly Spiritual Show. Uh, we're on Labor Day weekend here, right? Uh, this is how it works. Uh, if you decide to go camping, it will rain. If you don't decide to go camping, it won't rain. So that's just how it works. Hear me again. If you look at the weather forecast and you say, it's not going to rain, let's go camping, then it's going to rain. Uh, if you see that it's going to rain and you decide not to go camping, then it won't rain. So just a little hint there for you. Uh, So make your plans accordingly. If you'd like to text the show and say, you were wrong, Doug, it didn't rain, and I did go camping, so ha. Uh, Well, that'd be kind of petty, wouldn't it? But if you want to be petty, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Let's say it three times, people. 360-818-4513. You can text or you can leave a voicemail. By the way, there's other ways you can interact with me. Uh, I have a Twitter handle. Twitter is a waste of time, basically. Uh, You can find me at Fairly Spiritual. Also, there's a Facebook page, uh, Doug Bursch's Fairly Spiritual. You can find that. Just search that, or you can link to it through... uh, You're not going to do that, are you? You're just listening, and you're saying, I'm not going to do it, Doug. You say it every week, but I, I don't do it. I don't go to your website... I don't donate. I just listen to this and the message. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, that's that's kind of negative, isn't it? But you can go to uh, the website, fairlyspiritual.org, and find out all kinds of ways to avoid me on Facebook, on Twitter, and even in person. But if you want to text the show, 360-818-4513. And again, as I said, if you go camping this uh, weekend, it's going to rain. If you don't, it's not going to. Uh, so I want to talk about this. Do we can we even assess the worth of what we're doing? Can we measure it? Do we have the ability to assess the the spiritual vitality of what we're doing? 
you know, like, oh, that now that definitely is good kingdom stuff. And that stuff, I don't know about that. Can we measure it? You know, I, I feel like we have kind of this caste system. You know, in India, you have this caste system where there's these different people in society who are considered more worthy or less worthy. There's higher classes and lower classes. Now, we, we have those caste systems at some level in our culture as well. But we have this concept almost in the church of the super spiritual people and the not so spiritual people. We have the people who we think like this person's really doing it. They're really doing the kingdom work and they're clearly following Jesus's commandments and this other guy, not so much. And I'm not talking about, you know, sinning, going out and just partying and drinking and drugging and sinning. I'm talking about even spiritual activities that there are some spiritual activities where we we say, you know, this is just, you know, people who do this spiritual activity, they're just closer to God. And people who do that spiritual activity, you know, they're Christians, but they're not as important. And so sometimes we have this idea of like circles that are closer to God. There's God in the middle, and then there's this circle that's really close, and maybe that's the pastor because he, you know, he or she is preaching the word of God and reading the Bible and praying and or maybe the missionary, or there's people we think of that we think are close to God, and they do certain spiritual activity that we think defines them as super spiritual. But I don't know if we see things the way God sees them. In fact, I'm going to say we don't. And a lot of the ways that we make this hierarchy, it's just not there. In fact, I don't think there's that hierarchy. We just stand before God through the grace and the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, There's no super spiritual people. We're either just in Christ or we're not. But I don't think even our measurements of what's most effective or less effective or what's truly a Christian witness, that those measurements are that good as well. And I want to give an example of it from Scripture. And it comes from Acts 9, and it's uh, Peter ministering uh, to a woman who has a very beautiful name and a not-so-beautiful name. And uh, sorry if that offends you, but in my opinion... Uh, just even in the text here, it shows that, uh, you know, one version of her name just sounds really sweet, and the other, not so much. Um, So in Acts 9, uh, 36, there's a story about Peter bringing a woman back to life, and he doesn't bring her back to life. Jesus brings her back to life. But I just want to share this story and how the Bible talks about this woman. What made her Uh, someone that the community greatly mourned. And it's kind of a funny story because I don't know if this woman necessarily wanted to come back from the dead. I don't know if this miracle was for her or if it was more for the body of Christ. That she was so needed, that her role was so important, that she had such a crucial role in the body of Christ And the mourning was so great, and the need was so great, and the people were so distraught that God answered their prayers and brought her back to life. Because you look at this context of the story, and it doesn't mention that she had close family members that were mourning her. It doesn't mention that she had a husband that was mourning her or kids that were mourning her. Uh, We just don't know about that. It mentions that there are widows who are mourning her loss, that they're greatly troubled that she is dead. 
and they're greatly troubled because she has greatly ministered to them. That her absence is going to be a profound absence in their lives. That this woman has done so much that this entire community of new Christians has been profoundly impacted by this woman. And the ways that she has impacted them has been far more than preaching messages. Now, I'm not saying this woman didn't preach messages, but what's fascinating to me is the the reality, the way that they are mourning this woman shows that the way God measures what's important and the way we measure what's important are often very different things. So let's just read the story and we'll get a little bit more context here. So as I've said in the past, if you're driving, do not read your Bible while driving. I think that's illegal. I know you can't use your cell phone while driving, so pull over to the side of the road. If you're running and trying to read at the same time, that seems a little dangerous, but you know, it's between you and God. So go to Acts 9 verse 36. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Tabitha, beautiful name. And that's in the Aramaic which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. I'm just going to say, might be controversial, Dorcas, not that pretty of a name. I'm going to say the reason even the author believes it's not that pretty of a name, and Peter didn't think it was the best of names in the Greek, is when Peter brings her back to life, he doesn't say the name Dorcas, he says Tabitha. But that, that is a digression. The fact is, we don't know that many people named Dorcas, but we, we do know some Tabithas. So anyway, now in Jabba, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds. Sometimes we get nervous talking about deeds because like, well, you're not saved by works and deeds. But the Bible talks a lot about the importance of deeds. A little later in Acts is going to talk about a man who wasn't even saved, but God saw his good works and his good works actually reached the heavens, that his good works were considered incredibly important to God, the story of Cornelius. But here we have, it says, this woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. What a, what a powerful image. And no, this isn't some sort of gender thing that women are defined by doing good deeds and men are defined by preaching and teaching. No, it's just defining this woman, Tabitha. Now, in this culture, maybe she was more limited in the things she could do based on the cultural mores, but regardless, she was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, and so that's like a ceremonial cleaning that they do after someone has died, they might have even wrapped her up in, in some sort of um, burial cloth, but they at least washed her ceremonially. They laid her body in an upper room. Since Lydda was, the, the town of Lydda was near Joppa, and that's where Peter had been, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. So they mourned the fact that Tabitha, this amazing woman of great deeds, had died. They're so distraught that they, they don't want to bury her. They're just laying her in this upper room waiting for Peter to come back to bring her back to life because she has such an important role in this culture. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows... Now, who's, who do they mention here? They don't mention family. So we don't know about Tabitha. They don't mention that 
Tabitha's husband was there mourning. So in the context, it seems like her husband might not have been the picture. She didn't have a husband. She could have been a widow. We just don't know. That's not the focus of the story. It doesn't say her children were there or her grandchildren were there. It says all the widows stood beside him. So this implies who she's been ministering to, that she has been caring for and taking care of these widows. And all the widows stood beside Peter, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make them while she was with them. So think of this powerful image that they're mourning the death of Tabitha, and they're all wearing and holding on to these beautiful tunics and garments that she had made for these widows. These widows couldn't afford these clothes. And yet Tabitha, day and night, she worked continually to make these beautiful tunics and these beautiful garments for these widows that the rest of the culture had had at some level abandoned or at least had not treated with the same respect and love as Dorcas. It's such a powerful picture. They don't regale Peter with, here's all the wonderful things Tabitha said. Here's all the wonderful sermons she preached. Here's her profound theology. This is how well she could describe the Trinity or our justification or sanctification. This is how well she argued on uh, the New Testament version of Twitter. Now, what they show Peter is this room full of tangible good works. Tangible good works. But Peter sent them all out. And, and I don't, we don't know why he did that. I don't think we should make formulas with this. I, I don't like healing formulas. He just sent them out. It might have just been like, I just need to focus me and God and, and just pray for her. But he, he sends out all the widows. And he knelt down and he prayed. And turning to the body, which I, I love is like, is an interesting concept to the body, right? So the, the concept is when you die, to be absent from the body, to be present with God. So we don't quite know where Tabitha is, but, but he turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up and calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now, what's funny to me in this is I don't know if Tabitha wanted to come back from the dead. Tabitha had worked really hard in this context, and not like life has meaning if you're married or you have a husband or kids or whatever, but, but Tabitha doesn't have a room full of family that's mourning her. Tabitha has been working. She's been working hard. She's been doing difficult ministry for widows. But there is a room full of people who are mourning her loss because she had such an essential role in their lives and the life of the church. And so God answers their prayers, and he brings Tabitha back to life. And, and what's Tabitha going to do? She's, she's not going to just lay, lay, you know, just kind of hang out and relax and be lazy. She's going to work. She's going to make more tunics. She's going to make more clothes. She's going to do more continual good works. Continual good works. 
So why do I bring this up? I, I think there are people listening right now where, where you don't see the good works, the amazing offerings, the powerful blessings that you bring into the world. You don't see the tremendous value that your life has because you measure spiritual value based on things that you don't have. You, you, you think, well, I'm not a good preacher or teacher or communicator, and I, I can't teach that Bible study. Or You just think about the things you can't do, the things that you do poorly. But God doesn't see you that way. And frankly, others don't see you that way. You have tremendous gifts to offer the world. Your very existence is a gift. And instead of trying to be something else or someone else, you can present your authentic self to God and you can do amazing things for the advancement of the kingdom of God. People don't truly see you. We live in a culture that measures us for all the wrong reasons. It's true, right? We, we get measured for all the wrong reasons. I'll give you an example. You know, I've, I've always pastored a very small church. In fact, I would call it a normal-sized church, as in 90% of churches are 200 people or less, and actually the medium size of churches are often 80 or 70 people. Our church at its height was like 130 people. Now, now there's like 70, 80 people there. But because our church is not very large, it's not successful in the eyes of the world, and it's certainly not successful in the eyes of my denomination. And uh, when you're that way, you, you, you don't get highlighted. You don't get asked to speak at conferences. You don't, you don't get asked to do things. People are nice to you, but there's this certain level of like, well, you're just not as important. Your advice isn't as important. Your thoughts about the kingdom aren't as important. Your view of scripture isn't as important. Pastors shouldn't hear you because you're, you, you, know, you don't do enough stuff to grow your church. And I remember there came this time where you know, our, our church was just this size, and I was actually at a point where I was very frustrated. I was mad at God because I had all these ideas and dreams. Like I wanted to do media. I wanted to speak to the larger church. I wanted to speak to other pastors. I wanted to minister to the larger kingdom. But I had this idea, in order to minister to the larger kingdom, I had to have this large church. Because that's what you do, right? You build this large church, and then once you build this large church, then you can speak to the larger church. You know, you have to have this power dynamic, this big church, this mega expression, and then other people will listen to you. And I remember arguing with God after a particularly poor turnout Sunday, and saying things like, you know, there's cults that have bigger numbers in our church. There's people who worship goats that have larger churches. Why would you put these desires in my heart? Why would I have a passion to speak to people, to speak to the larger church, to, to minister to other pastors? Why would I have these desires? And yet you, you won't allow our church to grow. And I remember being very angry. And I, and I, I felt so strongly the Lord said, I, I didn't tell you that. In fact, this is the word. Who told you that? Who told you you had to wait for the church to get a certain size to go do what I've called you to do? Just go do what I put on your heart. And so I just started doing what was on my heart. I just started doing media things. I just started producing things and, and not waiting for me to do things out of power, but just do things out of obedience. Just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
And the Lord opened some doors, and I was miraculously offered a job at another radio station where for five years I was paid to do the drive-time radio show where from 4 to 6 p.m. I did this talk show, spoke to thousands of people, paid to do it. And as I did that show, I realized people treated me differently. My denomination, they treated me differently. They gave me different positions. They treated me with greater honor. They listened to what I had to say. And it made me angry because I realized they were assessing my ministry as better because now I had this radio show, even though I was the same person, had the same integrity, I had the same visions and plans and dreams and views of scriptures and thoughts, but because now I fit into the world's power dynamic that I was a radio guy, whatever that means, now I was more worthy to be heard. That's the kind of culture we live in, right? Where we believe some expressions are more worthy than others. The reality is that's not true. I was no more worthy doing a daily show than having no show. That's the problem with the world we live in. We measure things for the wrong reason. We don't have the right understanding. And because we measure the wrong things and we measure them for the wrong reasons, sometimes we limit God's activity in our life. Some of you are waiting to do things because you're like, well, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I'm not famous enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not important enough. And God says, just go do that. Others, the stuff you're doing, you're downplaying and saying, that doesn't have value, that doesn't have worth. And, and God says, Tabitha's good works had such great value that I brought her back from the dead. She made clothes for the widows. And that was such an amazing thing that I brought her back from the dead. She made clothes. If we're going to lift people up and say, you know, who, who's more important? Is it you know Billy Graham preaching all these messages? Or is it the woman who makes clothes for widows. Now, the reality is neither is more important. But in the story of Acts, the woman who makes clothes for widows is brought back from the dead because her ministry has such tremendous value for the body of Christ. Are you limiting your perspective on your giftings? I think about fathers right now and mothers right there. Maybe in, in the marriage you feel like your spouse is the real spiritual one and, and your spouse says all the right things and you don't know what to say. There's other ways you can bless your marriage. There's other ways you can bless your kids. Maybe they don't need someone to talk more about Jesus. Maybe they just need someone to help them with the homework. Maybe they just need someone to help them clean the room. Maybe they just need someone to take them out on a long drive or to go on a hike. Maybe there's other ways. Maybe there's a Tabitha way. That's different than a Peter way of proclaiming. Maybe you have a Tabitha way that you've been downplaying that instead of needing another sermon, another message, they just need someone to help them with something very practical. Think about that. Maybe you're struggling, like, I don't know how to do things spiritually with my kids or my spouse or my friends or the church. Maybe there's a Tabitha way for you. I know for me in the church I serve, as a pastor, when I say stuff to people, they go, oh, you're just saying that because you're the pastor. But when someone in the church, just some regular person says it, people will listen. Maybe that's the Tabitha way. Maybe you're discounting your role in your church, saying, well, you know, I'm just some single person sitting here showing up. I don't, I don't have a family. I don't have connections with people. 
What role do I have to play? And I'm saying you have a tremendous role to play. Your voice matters. When you encourage someone, it matters. When you say something, it matters. All of us have a role to play. You and I, we, we cannot assess the strength of what we're doing. We, we don't have those skills. And when the world tries to assess who's important and who isn't important, they get it wrong. And by the way, don't you notice all these famous, important pastors and leaders who, when we got down underneath the surface, they had all kinds of faults and failings and sins and terrible things in their life. So even what we think makes someone of value, we don't know. God knows. So let God reveal to you the ways that he wants to work through you. Maybe there's some Tabitha giftings where you're making clothes, you're making coffee, you're mowing a lawn, you're serving someone. And yeah, there's also preaching and teaching. But don't let anyone judge your service. Don't let anyone tell you that your ministry isn't as important as anyone else's. We are all a part of the kingdom of God and the priesthood of believers. Thanks for listening, okay? All right, hey, if you'd like to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And speaking of importance, your donation matters to keep this show on the air. So go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. Your $25 gift makes a difference. It's just as important as any other amount. Fairlyspiritual.org. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I will see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.